Well, this past Sunday, we began a brand new series called Adulting. Being a child is great when you're a child. Being childish is not great when you're an adult. The time comes for everyone to grow up. Now, understand that doesn't mean the fun is over, but it does mean that time Our time of life changes for us, and the expectations of us change. Let me know adulting can be a challenge. Adulting is often accompanied by a lot of different struggles, and in this series, we are addressing some of the various struggles of adulting. This past Sunday, we talked about finances. Our subject today is family matters. We're talking about family matters because family matters. Would you say amen this morning? I want us to read some scripture in order for us to get started this morning. Scripture that I'm reading today is found in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to start reading with verse number 31. Paul writes, and he says, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. He says, this is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. He continues in chapter 6 and verse 1. He says, children, obey your parents. Because you belong to the Lord. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And he says, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you. And you will have a long life on the earth. He continues. He says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. So today I want to talk to you about three things related to family. I want to begin this morning by talking about the priority of family. How many understand that our family should be top priority? Now understand that our relationship with God should be our number one priority, but second on the list should be family. And and hear this, this is very important this morning. First on the family list should be our spouse. Not your kids. Not your parents. The Bible says leave and cleave. Now, there are exceptions. There are times when our kids or our parents may need us more. But understand this is an emergency or this is a special situation This is just for a specific time or season or special circumstance. But for the long haul, it's spouse, then kids, then parents. Some of you have it out of order. And that's the reason why you have problems. One of the reasons why you have problems in your marriage. See, at the end of the day, it's your spouse that's going to be there for you, or at least they should be. 
There's coming a day when your mom and your dad are no longer going to be here. They're going to be gone. There's coming a a day when your kids are going to have lives of their own. They're going to have their own spouses and their own children and their own in-laws and outlaws. That's why I say to my wife quite consistently, I say, baby, we need to be really, really nice to each other. Because we do, and we certainly will, depend on each other the older that we get. My wife and I, we have two great kids, but they they live very busy lives, and they have concerns and responsibilities of, of their own. Our family should be top priority. Let me say this, and that is top priority means quality time. Married people should still be dating. Hey, Bubba, you need to keep dating your wife even after you marry her. Hello, my lady said. Listen, if you have children in the home, this will not happen unless you are intentional about it. Put it on the calendar. Hold each other accountable. Make it happen. Now, you don't have to spend a lot of money. I'm not talking about whining and dining. I'm not talking about spending a lot of money, and especially if you've got financial issues. You'll just make matters worse. I'm not talking about spending a lot of money. I mean, that could, it, could simply be, it could simply be a picnic in the park, bologna sandwich and some lace potato chips, amen, <laughs> walking up, whatever. It doesn't have to, you don't have to spend a lot of money. Be creative. And, and if you don't have the grandparents close by to help, with, help you with the kids, take turns babysitting with some friends. You know, I'll watch your, your kids, you know, today, and you watch my kids tomorrow. Now, I, you know, I've got to qualify everything today. Make sure these kids, these friends are trustworthy. Very, very, very important. Amen. Top priority means quality time. Take time for your kids. Kids spell love. T-I-M-E. Have a game night once a week. Uh, Hey, here's a novel idea. Bring back the family dinner table. Many of us, if not most of us in this room, we grew up with the the, the evening dinner table or supper table as we called it in Oklahoma. Bring back the family dinner table. Hey, even if dinner comes out of a sack with golden arches on it. Some of your kids wouldn't recognize dinner if it didn't come out of that sack. Quality time. Go to their games. Go to their programs. Go to their recitals. Get some one-on-one time with each child. Now, now this is easy to preach. It's difficult to do. But here's what I know, and that is you will never do it if you don't try. You will never do it if you are not intentional. We're talking about the priority of family right now. Families should function as a team. Family is a team, and it should function as a team. And everybody in the family should have their responsibilities. Age appropriate, of course. Listen up, parents. Listen up, mom and dad. It's not your responsibility to do everything and provide everything for your kids. I'm going to say that again because some of you are hard-headed. It's not your responsibility to do everything 
and provide everything for your kids. Your responsibility is to do and provide what they are unable to. Your kids are not helpless. Now, if they're baby in arms, that's a different story. It's not what I'm talking about. And don't go overboard. It seems like everybody's either way over here or way over there. Don't go overboard. Don't, don't make slaves out of your kids. And don't make them have adult responsibilities as children. Let them be children. Yes, responsibilities, but child kind of responsibilities. Don't make adults out of your kids. They'll only be kids for a little while. Let them enjoy childhood. But it also, childhood should come with some age-appropriate responsibilities. And teach them that a family is a team. And on a team, everybody participates. On a team, everybody has responsibility. See, dad should not have to come home from 8, 10, 12 hours work and mow the grass while his teenage son sits in his room and plays video games. And mom shouldn't have to do the dishes while her children do nothing. Assign age-appropriate, say age-appropriate. Assign age-appropriate jobs to every member of the family. The family should function as a team. Teach your kids responsibility. Teach your kids how to work. In 1991, I moved my family to Midland, Texas to plant a church from scratch. We knew no one in that city. Actually, we knew one family in that city. And we planted our church with seven people, my wife and I, my son, my daughter, and this young couple with a brand new baby. That's what we started the church with in 1991, seven people. I uh, made a commitment that I wasn't going to take a nickel from that church for the first two years because I'd seen too many churches try to plant, but the pastor's salary took all the money and you didn't have any money to build the church. And so for the first two years, I made a commitment that I'm, I'm not taking any money out of this church. I'm going to serve this church for no, no money for the first two years. Because of that, my wife went, went to work and she went to, and, and I did other things also, but my wife went to work at a Christian bookstore. Long story short, uh, the custodian quit at the bookstore and my wife said, my, me and my family will clean the store. And so in order to work there, we had to get uh, licensed with the state. And we had to get a tax ID number, and we had to have, a, ha- have to get, you know, legitimate, and we had to have a name. And so I came up with a name. Our family, our team is going to clean the Lighthouse Christian Bookstore. We need a name. There's four of us, so I named us 4B's Cleaning Service. And I was so excited about the four B's cleaning service. So I gathered all the family together and I said, guess what? Guess what? We now have a business and we are four B's cleaning service. And all four of us are going to clean the Lighthouse Christian bookstore. And Krista, who was only 11 years old at the, at the time, she said, name it three B's and let me stay home. <laughs> We named it 4B's Cleaning Service. All right, we've talked a little bit about the priority of family. Now let's talk a little bit about the problems, the problems of family. How many know that every family has its own set of problems? There is no perfect 
family. Now, I've just randomly selected some of, of many this morning to talk about. But the first problem that I want to talk about is stress. Ever had any stress in your family? You know, being a spouse and a parent is awesome, but it can also be very stressful. In marriage, the husband and wife become one. We read about that. The stress happens when you're trying to figure out which one. Some of the stresses of marriage include sex, finances, communication, schedules, in-laws, outlaws, different personality types, different temperaments, and the list goes on and on and on. See, it's one thing to share a three-hour Friday night date. It's quite another to be together 24-7. And then there's the stress of parenthood. And, and some of that stress includes finances, uh, different parenting methods and models and ideas, uh, it, it includes sleepless nights with sick babies and, and mama's natural nurturing side kicking in and, and because of that, daddy feeling neglected by his wife. And even the kids feel stress as they start school and feel the pressure of growing up and, and they feel stress when there's stress and tension in the home. And then they began to face uh, peer pressure and temptations that they never knew about before as, as they are beginning to be introduced to the real world. This is one of the reasons why parents should make sure and take advantage of every single opportunity that the church gives them to minister to their kids. That includes kids' ministry, kids' church. It includes Royal Rangers and girls' ministry and youth and camps and retreats and on and on and on and on it goes. It, listen, listen, it bothers me. It, it bothers me when parents treat church and all that it offers their kids with such low priority. And there's never been a day when the church was lower on priority than it is Today in society, but not only in society, but also in membership. And you know what? I'm going to get out there and I'm going to get myself in trouble, but I live out there most of the time. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that think they are raising their kids in church and they are not raising their kids in church because they're not here half of the time. And there are people that have older kids and younger kids and they raise their older kids in church, but the younger kids, they're not because they're allowing them to do anything and everything and they're running here and there and somewhere else and doing all of these things and they're hardly ever in the house of God. And they, yet they think they are raising their family in church. Did I just say all that? Sports and band and school activities have a far higher priority today than the church. Now, I know I'm going to be criticized for this, but so be it. I say this with much love and much concern. I am genuinely concerned. Give your kids a solid Christian foundation, both at home and by consistent, say consistent, 
by consistent church and children and youth ministries, pour as much Jesus into them as you can. I promise you, I promise you the world is going to pour as much devil, as much evil, as much wickedness, as much vile into it as it possibly can, including the school system today. I'm telling you, friend, you better pour some Jesus into your kids because the devil is pouring himself into them. And it was a young person that started that clap. Thank you, young man. Amen. Come on. It should have been mom and dad and grandma and grandpa leaving the church. Amen. And let me tell you this. While I'm already in knee deep this morning, actually, I think I'm over my head, actually. You teach more by what you do than by what you say. And we prove what we value by our priorities. And we make time for what's important to us. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make you a promise. I'm going to play golf sometime next week. I don't know when. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. But I'm going to make sure because that's important to me. Man, I can put somebody's name on that ball and I can knock it around. I feel a lot better about things. Amen. I'm teasing a little bit. Listen, that's... It's my only outlet. It's my only hobby. It's the only thing that I do, you know, that, that's just for me. And so I'm going to find a time. I'm going to rearrange my schedule. I'm going to stay up later, get up earlier, whatever I have to do to make sure that I get that time in because it is important to me. I'm telling you that if the house of the Lord is important to you, you'll find a time to be there. Stick to your notes, Benson. You get stay out a lot more trouble if you do that. And you stay on time when you do that. Does anybody still love me? Stress is a real problem in families. Another problem is sibling rivalry. Where there's more than one child in the house, there will be sibling rivalry. Not in our house. Oh, baloney. If there's more than one kid in the house, there will be sibling rivalry. rivalry. It might be major, it might be minor, but it will be. The oldest child feels replaced by the younger child. I mean, they were our only child until the second sucker came along. <laughs> my brother, who's just a year older than me, told me one day when we were having a heart to heart, he said, you stole my mama. I said, I what? He said, you stole my mama. I didn't have a mama after you came along. The oldest child feels replaced by the younger child. The younger child will be compared to the older sibling. And each child will compete for the attention and the affection of their parents. And, and, and it's not just, you know, other people will compare the kids. Other people. My older brother was a football star. I didn't say he played football. I said he was a star. He was the one that the coach... You know, when you're having the assembly before, before the football game, he's the one that the coach called out of the team and made a, uh, uh, an example of. Not a bad example, a good example. My brother was a football star. I've said it before, but pound for pound, because he was a little guy. Pound for pound, I've never seen a tougher player than my brother. When I was in the ninth grade, my science teacher just happened to be my brother's football coach. And in my freshman yearbook, my science teacher, who was also my brother's football coach, wrote in my yearbook, he wrote to me, he said to a young man who I hope is half as good a football player as his big brother is. Thanks, coach. No pressure, coach. 
I played tight end. And we were at practice one day, and the coach said to me, he said, Benson, you've got great hands. He said, but you run like a horse. I said, coach, a race horse? He said, no. <laughs> when my kids were growing up, my wife and I, we didn't have to think. We, we already knew what our daughter, Crystal, was going to do. We knew what she would choose because we knew she would choose the exact opposite of what her big brother had chosen to do. Let me give you some admonition this morning. Parents, don't compare your children and don't favor one over the other. They are individuals. Treat them as such. Another problem that families sometimes face is separation. Separation. Divorce is so prevalent in our culture today. Depending on which study that you look at, but the one that I looked at this past week says this. 41% of first-time marriages today end in divorce. 60% of second marriages end in divorce, and 73% of third marriages end in divorce today in our society in America. Did you hear about the woman who married four times? Yeah, she married four times. She married a banker, she married an actor, she married a preacher, and she married a mortician. Somebody asked her, why did you marry a banker, an actor, a preacher, and a mortician? She said, I married one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. Divorce is actually no laughing matter. The stress and the pain that it causes is indescribable. And the children, the children get the worst end of it. And here's a sad, sad thing, and that is divorcing parents often use their children as pawns and manipulate the situation in order to go to their advantage, and they do that through their kids. And often the children think their parents' divorce is somehow related to them. Somehow it is their fault. Nobody wins in these situations. Although every family has its own unique set of problems, families are still worth the effort. Did you hear me? I said families are still worth the effort. I challenge you this morning, love your family, make time for your family, work uh, at making your family great. Take the good that you learn from your family and implement it. Take the bad or the not so good parts and improve on them. All right, let's look at the third and the final thing about family matters today. And that is I want to talk a little bit about the provision of family. The provision I want to give you three possible provisions that can come through a family. The first one is unconditional love. Unconditional love. I'll, you know, I seldom cry. The only time I hardly ever cried has something to do with my kids or my grandkids. That's what gets me. Um, I'll never forget how I felt the first time that my kids and my grandkids were placed in my arms just minutes after they were born. I mean, they're just minutes old. And I'll never forget looking down at their little wrinkled flesh and one or two of them (laughs) cone-headed. And I'll never forget looking down into their little wrinkled flesh for the very first time and immediately, immediately falling madly in love with them. They couldn't walk. They couldn't talk. They couldn't do even one single thing for me. All they could do was spit up and poop. 
But I was madly in love. And that love just grew and grew as time went on. I, I'm telling you, I would literally do anything humanly possible for my kids, my grandkids, and my wife. Families provide unconditional love. They can also provide unmatched loyalty. Unmatched loyalty. Hey, don't mess with my wife. Don't mess with my kids. Don't mess with my grandkids. I'll take you out. I know people. (laughs) I will stand by my family no matter what. I love you, I do, but I love them more. And I've told my kids when they've come to me for advice, and that doesn't happen very often anymore, but I've told them when they've come to me for advice, I've told them more than once, this is how I see it, Um, this is what I'd like to see you do, you've asked me, so I give you my opinion, this is my opinion, but I always end by saying it's your life. It's your life, and, and you're the one that's going to have to live with this decision. I'm not going to have to live with this decision. Yeah, it'll affect me, but you're the one that's going to have to live with this decision. But I say to, say to them, whichever decision you make, your mom and I will stand with you, and we will respect your decision, and we will be there for you. Families can provide unmatched loyalty. Now listen, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that our family always agrees because we don't always agree. And, and, and we're not afraid to be vocal. And everyone in my family uh, has the Benson voice. We're loud. And we're not afraid to be vocal. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, we are loyal to one another. Stand with your family. Make sure they know you have their back. Make sure they feel your support, even when you don't necessarily agree with them. Now, I'm not talking about immoral or unethical issues. In these cases, don't abandon them, but don't condone their behavior either. Not only is it possible for families to provide unconditional love and unmatched loyalty, but also unmistakable likeness. No one understands you like your family, especially your siblings. Uh, The past few years, my brother and I have reconnected. Actually, to be more accurate, I should say we have connected. Uh, It only took us 60 years. I finally feel like I have a brother after 60 plus years. Uh, it's amazing how much our perception of our childhood matches, even though we never talked about it until now. No one understands you quite like your family. Uh, they have your DNA. Uh, they share your history. And, and as much as you might try to avoid it or as much as you try to deny it, you're going to look like and you're going to act like one another. And the older you get the more it's going to show up. I was scrolling through Facebook the other day and my son posted something on Facebook and right under his post, uh, his sister, my daughter, Krista, commented under my son's post and she commented, this sounds like something dad would say. 
My son tells me sometimes, he says, sometimes, Dad, something comes out of my mouth, and I go, oh, no, that's my dad. Each family has their own unique ways and traits and tendencies. And each generation passes down both good and bad traits and tendencies. I challenge you this morning, hear me, hear me. I challenge you today to live in such a way that you will pass down more generational blessings than curses. My family tends to pass down good looks and humility. Our takeaway today, well, at least you're still awake. That's a successful sermon, amen. Our takeaway today is this family matters, and it matters much. Because at the end of, of the day, our family is our greatest asset. Your job's not your greatest asset. Your position's not your greatest asset. Our family is our greatest asset. Take care of your family and your family will take care of you. Let me say this and then I'm finished this morning. Not only do you need a natural family, but you also need a church family. You need a spiritual family family. And if you're not part of a C group at the Grace Place where 10 to 15 people meet in each group once a month for community, listen, I've got good news for you. And that is we're opening the window and September the 29th is going to be Selection Sunday. And if you're not a part of a C group, you will be given the opportunity to meet different leaders and connect with a group and choose a group. And listen, this is good too. You are given the opportunity if you need to, to move around until you find a group that fits. One last thing this morning, that is, there is teaching and there is preaching on marriage, family, and parenting on our website. Much teaching that I've done, mostly in cultivation classes, but it's been recorded and it's on our website. Much teaching on on marriage and family and parenting. I encourage you, I challenge you, your homework, your assignment, should you choose to accept it, to go online and listen. I promise you, your family is worth the investment. Father, I thank you for the word this morning. God, I thank you that, that God, you value and you do value family. In fact, you created family. You saw that it wasn't good that man would live life alone, and so you gave him a helpmate. And you made those two become one, and because the two become one, then they become three and four and five and six and however, and it just keeps going and going and going and going. We're so grateful, and we are so, so thankful for family. God, I pray for those that might be struggling in their family today. Pray, Lord, that you will help them. They'll take this little teaching today and they'll just jumpstart this. It'll just whet their appetite to get online and to get some more teaching and maybe go to the Christian bookstore and check out a book or two and go through it and make an investment in their family. We love you, we bless you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.